This is Bad Ideas About Writing, the podcast version of the open access textbook Bad Ideas About Writing, which is edited by Cheryl Ball and Drew Lowy. I'm Kyle Stedman from Rockford University. I'm a fan of the book, so I'm taking advantage of its Creative Commons license to read it out loud and distribute it to you for free. This is episode five, and I'm really excited that this is the very first time of many where the author of the chapter is actually going to read the chapter. That's right. I'm only here as your host today. You'll actually hear today's bad idea about writing, which is... First year composition should be skipped. And it's read to you by... Paul G. Cook. Let's check it out. Whenever my dean cudgels me into attending our monthly 8 a.m. recruitment events for high school students, parents often ask me, so what does she, here they will nod in the general direction of their student, need to do to skip freshman comp? I get it. These are anxious and expensive times. And if a college degree is just another product, as many believe, then it's damn near one's duty as an American to scrutinize every facet of the investment and save valuable credit hours whenever possible. But as the director of a writing program, I know the positive impact a well-crafted freshman composition course can have on a first-year student's college career, and it bugs me that first-year composition, FYC, gets lumped in as just another add-on to an already pricey purchase. State legislators and policymakers, in their efforts to make higher education faster and more flexible, are busy touting MOOCs, massive open online courses, and dual enrollment programs that allow students to take FYC in high school as an alternative to the traditional two-semester, two-course sequence. Most institutions offer incoming students a way to skip or test out of FYC if they perform well enough on a placement exam. These exams are usually timed, superficial in their assumptions about writing, and not considered an accurate measure of students' writing abilities. According to a great deal of research that examines how we assess the effectiveness or success of student writing. Rather than indulging anxieties about having to take FYC, I try to explain to parents and students how useful the course can be for all incoming college students, regardless of majors or career plans. But I'm fighting a tough battle at this point. Everyone has heard of that kid down the street who skipped freshman comp or took it in high school or online or tested out or something else. So naturally, you have this seductive idea floating around that by avoiding FYC, one is somehow beating the house. Second, writing is a curious and ancient technology. Our familiarity with writing and with the many important tasks it performs, from texting to Twitter, leads people to assume that writing is a basic skill they've already learned, if not mastered. Most of us don't have the same misplaced confidence when it comes to college algebra. Then there's the simple fact that a four-year college degree is just too expensive. A degree of some kind is now essential for most upwardly mobile Americans. According to Bloomberg Business, tuition has pole vaulted some 1,225% since the 1970s, a rate that has vastly outpaced other essential costs like food and even health care. Given the high cost of a four-year degree, it makes sense that parents and students, nearly 70% of whom will pay for school by taking out some sort of student loan, are looking for any opportunity to save a few bucks. All of this is to say that even though it may be a tempting one, for the majority of incoming college students, skipping FYC is a bad idea. Here's why that idea needs to die. 
Writing and language are like screens between humans and what we can know about the world around us. Even that which we perceive as cold, hard facts are ultimately filtered through the words and symbols we use to make sense of, well, everything. Thus, the process of learning to write is a matter of broader intellectual development and survival gear for living. Writing, in other words, embraces much more than relaying a preset message to a reader. As students learn how to approach the written word, how to read it, yes, but also how to read the many voices, ideas, moods, circumstances, and rhythms that influence and shape the words on the page, they begin to understand how language is an essential tool for learning and exploration. FYC is uniquely qualified to provide this experience for several reasons. Students in FYC, whether in face-to-face -face or online sections, benefit from the interactions they have with other writers, texts, and their teachers. College writing teachers consider it an article of faith and a hard-won point of research that texts, meaning, and knowledge are created through the complex social intersections that occur among humans. In other words, meaning does not exist outside of texts and language. Even the words and symbols we use to express meaning, like the ones you're reading now, only mean or signify by virtue of their difference from other words on the page and from the virtual universe of words that might have been chosen but weren't. Meaning, many in rhetoric and composition believe, is an effective language, a byproduct, so to speak, rather than something that exists before or somehow outside of language in what we call the rhetorical situation, reader, writer, purpose, medium, genre, and context. According to reams of scholarship, rhetorical training is critical to students' growing awareness of their readers, audience, their ability to read situations, context, genre, medium, and purpose, and their developing identities as social and political beings, writers. In practical terms, possessing this capacity to do things with words means that a student can transfer the skills they've developed for one scenario, say, responding to an argument using evidence or even questioning the assumptions behind the argument itself, to other rhetorical situations and courses that require similar skills. Researchers who study this phenomenon, such as Linda S. Bergman and Janet Zepernick, call this concept transfer for obvious reasons. This awareness of the essential socialness of language is heightened through the training FYC students receive in the persuasive and purposeful uses of language. FYC is typically a student's first encounter with the ancient human practice known as rhetoric, the original being together through language art of how to be persuasive using words, symbols, and gestures. From the Greeks onward, rhetoric has been central to human affairs. Indeed, until the 19th century, rhetoric dominated formal education in Europe and the United States. Now, it's found mainly in graduate programs in rhetoric and composition studies, speech communication, and in FYC. Students in FYC also receive one-on-one -on -one coaching that they are not likely to get in other classes. FYC is often one of the few courses that a student can count on to be small, almost always 25 students or fewer, compared to the massive lecture halls or online courses that characterize one's early college years, especially at larger universities. FYC teachers get to know their students by name, lead discussions, coach students on writing projects in progress, and provide crucial support both in the classroom and in one-on-one -on -one conferences. Together, students evaluate texts and explore the many facets of meaning and meaning-making. 
Crucially, they are provided adequate time and space to do so. For these reasons and more, research shows that FYC encourages student engagement and helps retain students during and after their first year. FYC provides a space in the all-important first year for students to nurture the habits necessary for effective writing, research, and inquiry into complex problems and questions. Data from large-scale research studies, such as the Stanford Study of Writing and the National Survey of Student Engagement, NSSE, indicate that the ways of writing students practice in FYC, analyzing, synthesizing, integrating contradictory ideas from multiple sources, promote deep learning, which enables students to integrate what they are learning with what they already know. As we've discussed, writing is closely connected to exploration, to putting down on paper and seeing the limits of what we know. Writing in FYC allows students to expand those limits by relentlessly pushing back against the stubborn boundaries between the known and the new. Students can and often do use their FYC experience to engage theretofore untapped interests and passions, thus unlocking possibilities for futures they perhaps were not even aware existed. FYC allows students to break out of their educational molds. They can and sometimes do fail the course altogether, and this too can be a good thing. Several forces conspire against the continued success of FYC. Decades of waning funding for higher education, bad ideas about writing and how it works, and unethically sourced flexible labor. Recently, it has become something of an academic blood sport to poke at FYC's relevance and what it can do. But FYC courses succeed in jogging first-year students out of their comfort zones and into the complex, messy realm of texts, meaning, intent, revision, literally to see again, and ultimately, otherness. As John Duffy writes, To make a claim in an argument is to propose a relationship between others and ourselves. When students seriously consider ideas, values, and opinions that they themselves do not share, they learn how to, as Duffy puts it, sacrifice the consolations of certainty and expose themselves to the doubts and contradictions that adhere to every worthwhile question. Even with its primary focus on writing effectively and learning how to enter an ongoing conversation, somewhat ironically, FYC's greatest gift to students may be that it teaches them how to listen. Further reading. For a short, timely discussion of what FYC can do for students that also considers the ethical dimensions of the teaching of writing, see John Duffy's article, Virtuous Arguments, InsideHigherEd.com. And for a book that's equal parts art history, gallery tour, and head trip, check out Jeffrey Sirk's iconoclastic statement of composition's untapped creative potentials in English Composition as a Happening, Utah State University Press. In a somewhat more traditional vein, Robert J. Connor's Composition Rhetoric, Backgrounds, Theory, and Pedagogy, University of Pittsburgh Press, is a modern classic among standard histories of FYC. The book's introductory chapter alone provides a wide-angle focus on the history of writing instruction in American colleges and universities going back to the 18th century. For a somewhat more theoretical take on FYC's history and fortunes, David Russell's chapter, Institutionalizing English, Rhetoric on the Boundaries in Disciplining English, Alternative History's Critical Perspectives, State University of New York Press, 
is terrific on the tangled political and curricular histories that continue to bind FYC to English departments at most U.S. institutions. James Slevin's edited collection, Introducing English Essays and the Intellectual Work of Composition, University of Pittsburgh Press, is an excellent overview of the disciplinary politics of composition and FYC. See especially Chapter 2. Considered by many in the field to be one of the more trenchant and politicized statements on the university as social institution to appear in the last decade, Mark Bousquet's 2008 book, How the University Works, Higher Education in the Low-Wage Nation, New York University Press, takes on such sacred cows as student employment, WPA bosses, and FYC's complicity in the adjunctification of higher ed, see especially Chapter 5. But if you read one book in the course of your life about the university as idea and its role in contemporary Western societies, the late Bill Redding's The University in Ruins, Harvard University Press, is hands down the one you should read. Sharon Crowley and Deborah Hawhey's Ancient Rhetorics for Contemporary Students, Pearson, is a hybrid rhetoric textbook slash history of rhetoric tome that's been around for about as long as the Gutenberg Bible. Not really, obviously. And it contains everything from artfully written histories of rhetorical theory to end-of-chapter exercises, some of which date back to the ancient Greeks. Really? For a much shorter article-length articulation of how classical rhetorical principles can be adapted for today's undergraduates, David Fleming's Rhetoric as a Course of Study, College English, offers a curricular blueprint that is useful for implementing some of the ideas explored in this short chapter. Keywords. Rhetorical listening. Contingent labor. Deep learning. Dual enrollment. Ethics. First-year composition. Literacy. Rhetoric. Writing pedagogy. You just heard the bad idea about writing, First-Year Composition Should Be Skipped, by Paul G. Cook. In 2017, the author published this bio. Paul Cook, at Paul G. Cook, that's Paul G-E-E Cook, teaches courses in writing, rhetoric, and new media theory at Indiana University Kokomo, where he also directs the writing program. He has been teaching and obsessing over FYC since 2002, despite having never taken the course himself, which he deeply regrets. He lives with his dog, Joni, and two annoying cats in Indianapolis, Indiana. But also, here is a 2020 fleshed-out bio that was sent to me in 2020. Paul Cook is Associate Professor of English in the Department of English and Language Studies at Indiana University Kokomo and Director of Writing for the Campus. He also serves as President of Faculty Senate and Reviews Editor for the online journal Across the Disciplines. He teaches courses in writing, rhetoric, digital media, and technical editing. Most recently, he co-led AASCU's webinar series, Digital Literacy in the Time of Pandemic. Hey, I feel like I should check that out. Paul lives in Indianapolis, just off the Monon Trail, the subject of one of his current writing projects. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. 
The podcast version of Bad Ideas About Writing is produced and narrated by me, except, of course, in instances like this where they're narrated by the authors. It's hosted at anchor.fm. You can find it anywhere you like to get your podcasts. The theme music is Parade by Nocturnum. Check them out at the Free Music Archive. The open access textbook, Bad Ideas About Writing, was first published in 2017 by the West Virginia University Libraries and the Digital Publishing Institute, and it's available online at their website for free. That's where you should go if you'd like to read a print version of this chapter. Both the podcast and the book are published with Creative Commons licenses that let you remix and distribute them for free as long as you attribute the authors. Yay, Creative Commons. Thanks to Cheryl Ball, Drew Lowy, Paul Cook, and all the other authors in this awesome collection. I'm Kyle Stedman. I'm on Twitter at KStedman, and I live in Rockford, Illinois, which honestly is not that far down the road from Kenosha, Wisconsin, which, of course, is on my mind and my heart these days. Um, I feel like anything else I say would be trite compared to the things happening there. Black Lives Matter. Thanks for listening.